Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Freshman of the year. And he's just getting better and better. Neal into the paint up top for Cambridge Jr. Extra pass for Horn. That's good with the answer. It's always fun when teams offensively just play the right way. Miles again. Catch and shoot. Look out, he's got 10. The 12th Arizona turnover. And a costly one at the two-minute mark. in front. This would be the capper. No good. Arizona with a prayer that will not go. And the Tigers of Princeton growl their way into round two as they upset the number two seed Wildcats of Arizona. Just going back to that zone. Just coming out of timeout. Trying to slow UCLA down a little bit. Nuba got it. The hot cast off the window. Didn't work. Both scoring the ball well in that first half. Payne. Dials up another triple. Third three-point knockdown. He's got 14. Wagner. It's open. Van Carroll had it blocked by a Kogi. J.O. breaking out the eraser. Wow. wow! That was a dangerous play there. Clark in a straight jack. Oh, he didn't need to do that. He threw it away. Ping, Padis. Clark will inbound. 2.4. They added a little bit of time. It's Beekman. Good if it goes. Thurman is one. Under seven to go. Pickett, step back three, right on. He's doing it all. The thing about Pickett is that he plays at his own pace. Bob it towards the rim. Cambridge couldn't finish it. It was a three-on-one, and a dangerous pass leads to a leak out for Ellis. Got it. What a massive five-point swing. That really surprised Kentucky there. Davis gives it up, though, and topping the lob to Shibway. A dozen for Oscar here in the first half. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Friday, March 17th edition of the Sports Zone. It's St. Patrick's Day. I just realized that. Okay, happy St. Patrick's Day out there. This is a really bad day if you work in a bar. I used to work in a bar and I hated St. Patrick's Day because people are dumb in bars all the time and they're really dumb on St. Patrick's Day. So don't be dumb today and give the bar people a break. Okay, welcome to the Friday, March 17th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD2 100.7, ASU versus TCU. Who you got tonight in Denver? ATS. 
Meanwhile, the U of A, who deserves the blame, most of the blame, or the most blame for the meltdown against Princeton. UCLA, can UCLA bail out the Conference of Champions? Uh, the Suns, did beating the Magic stop the bleeding? Back to the NCAA tournament. What stood out on Thursday? And what are you looking forward to today? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, an ASU-TCU preview with the latest on the Frogs uh, from Stephen Johnson of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. 9.30, interactive action at 602-260-1060. And the lo- also the local roundup, including some uh, analysis of the U of A's meltdown against Princeton and the Suns' close victory over the Magic. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup, and we'll have uh, the latest line. Uh, a little bit from the night in the NBA, some games involving Western Conference teams that uh, you know the Suns, I'm sure, are paying attention to. And also, we'll have the uh, latest line from the NCAA tournament, maybe get into a little of the Saturday action at that point. If not, we'll certainly do that during the extra point. Also, in this hour, we'll have our daily spring training report and lunch for two at Portisubs. In addition, every day between 9 and noon, some strategical point from today, and uh, this will go through March 24th, one caller will win a $25 voucher to win to Winner's Sports Bar at uh, Desert Diamond Casino West Valley uh, to watch all the NCAA tournament games uh, and, and have wonderful you know, snacks and whatever else for the $25, that you, $25 voucher that you get. All right. Uh, then after the sports zone, of course, from uh, 10 to noon, it is the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. And we'll have analysis from the games yesterday and uh, look ahead some to the games today. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. We start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, who got ATS tonight in Denver? ASU plus 5.5 or TCU minus 5.5? And And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Well, the believers are in full force. ASU plus 5.5 at 100% of the vote. Whoa. Okay, you win a game and everybody's on board. Uh, So... Uh, we'll see how this goes, but this should be a really uh, athletic festival with ASU, I think the most athletic team in the Pac-12, as we've mentioned frequently for the last you know three or four months, against TCU, which led the nation in fast break points per game. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, who deserves most of the blame uh, for the U of A's pathetic performance against uh, Princeton. The players are Coach Tommy Lloyd. And Kayla, what do we have here? We have over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060, the players 75%, head coach Tommy Lloyd at 25% of the vote. Wow, that's a surprise. We've had this you know, question in various shapes or forms and various sports for many years. And uh, usually it's the coach that takes the blame. So different today. Meanwhile, the Juve surrendered the last nine points of that game, and that was very similar to the first half when Princeton scored the final eight points. I'll break that down a little more at the bottom of the hour. UCLA scored the first 14 points, and without the injured Jalen Clark and Adam Bona, 
uh, Demboda, excuse me, uh, UCLA still scored 86 against UNC Asheville. I did mention earlier this week that they're really bad on defense, UNC Asheville. They were awful last night on defense. It was like a layup line for UCLA. So, can shorthanded UCLA bail out the Conference of Champions and make a deep NCAA tournament run? Meanwhile, on the local front, the Suns escaped last night against the lowly Magic, Devin Booker, with just 19 points as the Suns running on fumes, scored just 22 points in the fourth quarter, and held off the lowly Magic. Was last night's Suns' victory over the Magic. Does that stop the bleeding? Meanwhile, back to the NCAA tournament. Virginia headed home. The Cavaliers, without injured big man Ben Vanderplas, blew a 12-point second-half lead. And uh, thanks to some very low basketball IQ plays, not like Virginia usually, but down the stretch, they made a bunch of dumb plays. Uh, They lost 68-67 to Furman. Meanwhile, Penn State's Jalen Pickett was the individual start, in my mind, of day one. He significantly outplayed point guard counterpart Wade Taylor as the Lions had an easy 76-59 victory over Texas A&M. What stood out to you during Thursday's 16-game schedule? Meanwhile, topping the uh, Friday slate, at least in my mind, topping the Friday slate, and of course, you know, my humble and accurate opinion is always accurate, uh, the USC-Michigan State game, that starts here in a few minutes. And also, later today, it's Kent State against uh, Indiana. You have VCU against St. Mary's. And uh, I'm going to just kind of narrow it down to those three. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the you know other games, I'm sure, a little later on. What are you looking forward to today? And if you have some winners, ATS or straight up, we're all for that too. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your mind, caught your eye or your mind uh, since uh, our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's hopefully sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, like, say, the U of A at the end of each half yesterday, uh, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by an ASU-TCU Friday night preview. Uh, We'll talk with Steven Johnson of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Get the latest on TCU, which is actually down a player in the last few days here. Uh, And Jamie Dixon, of course, he was at NAU at one point. And who would have guessed, at least I would not have guessed, uh, that uh, Jamie Dixon would go from the grind-out style he had at Pittsburgh in the Big East back in the day to up and down and up and down and up and down. That's what they do at TCU. It's a big style change for Mr. Dixon. We'll find out why that happened. Uh, you're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7.
Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. ASU, after the near-perfect first half and domination of Nevada on Wednesday night, they host, uh, actually they meet TCU tonight in Denver. At least it's uh, sort of in the time zone of ASU. I guess they would host that part. Uh, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports center by Stephen Johnson, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And, uh, Stephen, good to have you on the show. I want to start with Jamie Dixon. Uh, he was the one-time uh, Northern Arizona coach. He's gone home to his alma mater and really changed his style of play from the Big East grinded-out approach to uh, leading the nation in fast-break points per game the last time I saw it. Uh, what, wh- why the change in styles for Jamie Dixon? Well, I just think this, this version of TCU's team is kind of led by their two guards, Mike Miles and Damian Balls. Balls a Memphis transfer. Both of those guys do a really great job of pushing the tempo. I think this stylistically with this team – with all the athletic wings, they're not a team that has like a big man they always want to throw it down to, like DeJuan Blair, like Jamie had in the Big East. Yeah. So they have so much scoring, uh, so much scoring talent on the wings that it really is a uh, advantageous to the offense to push the tempo, get out in transition. They are still number one in the country at fast break points. I think right at 18 points a game. So honestly, with Damian Ball returned from his six-game suspension at the beginning of the year, you could tell TCU started playing a lot faster on offense. So. I would say he kind of starts with his best players being Mike Miles and Damian Ball. Was that a difficult change for Dixon? I mean, not you know, a lot of coaches are pretty stubborn and don't change their style according to their talent, but obviously he's changed. Um, I, I have it. This is my first year on the beat. Um, it doesn't seem like it's been an uncomfortable process. I think they only averaged 10 fast break points a game last year, so they nearly doubled that production. So, if anything, I think that was something they wanted to focus on this summer after they made the tournament last year knowing that they brought 95 96% of their production back. and You know, the guys have more experience, more chemistry. So I think it's been kind of a natural evolution for them. And it all starts with defense with Jamie Dixon. That hasn't changed from Dickey. So they get their right. stops, they rebound. They like to push it, man. When they do normally, they've been one of the best teams in the country at finishing. Mike Miles, you mentioned, uh, back from injury. Obviously, he missed the five games. They've lost four of those games. But U of A fans remember him from last year's NCAA tournament. What should ASU fans look for tonight from Miles? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those games where Miles kind of puts on one of those shows. He's a, no, he's a pure scorer, 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, he's kind of built like a running back. can get downhill, attack the rim. He's one of the team's best shooters. Great dribbler as well, too, so he can attack the mid-range. And when he's on the floor, he's just like a walking confidence boost for everybody else on the roster. You see other guys that really kind of struggled when he wasn't in the lineup or wasn't on the floor. They take their games up to another notch. So he's kind of the heart and soul of TCU. I think he's one of the best players in the NCAA tournament. And I think TCU is going to go as far as he can take them. Post-player uh, post Eddie Lampkin, uh, he's left the team in recent days. What's up with that, and does that change uh, TCU's team, Eddie? Well, Eddie kind of Eddie was a fan favorite. He left the team and the program kind of under difficult circumstances. He stepped away from the team right before the Big 12 tournament. There are some accusations that kind of were unfounded of some uh, misconduct and some quote-unquote racial comments. 
by Dixon alleged from Eddie and his mom. Um, like I said, those those uh, those accusations kind of turned unsubstantiated. So he departed from the program, went into the transfer portal. It's a loss from the standpoint. Hey, he's a seven footer, six eleven type of guy, and hey, there just aren't a lot of those guys that can play a lot of minutes. But overall, his effectiveness had kind of wanged over the season. He was dealing with an injury. There was questions about his work ethic, showing up at practice. So at times, honestly, despite him being one of the fan favorites and kind of being a big name after his after his performance last year against Arizona, Eddie was kind of the team's best third best big man by the time he walked away from the team. So. Mm. Um, I think it's a loss, but I think it will be more so a loss if, you, if you, let's say TCU wins and they face Gonzaga. They'll miss him a lot more, I think, against the team with a Drew Timmy than maybe tonight against Arizona State. That makes sense. Uh, ASU, while they have some uh, length, they don't exactly have a post guy that they can throw it into and, and get a basket on a consistent basis. So I'm sure you watched ASU the other night, and maybe you've seen them a few other games this season. It's not along the line. So what do you think are some of the keys tonight for TCU against ASU? Well, TCU and Arizona State almost have an identical three-point percentage shooting. I mean, three-point percentage. But TCU over the last five games, I believe they've been knocking down 38% of their three-point attempts. Obviously, that would be one of the best races in the nation. So to me, can they keep that hot shooting up? Matter of fact, not hot shooting. Can they just be average? Average from the three-point line, average from the free-throw line, say 35% from three, 75% from free throws. If they can do that, and I think if they're able to get out and run, one thing that happened against Texas was they had so many fast-break opportunities, but the long corners, if they were blocking shots, they weren't finishing. So those are the three keys, I think, for TCU. Can you get out? Can you finish in fast-break? Can you keep up your hot shooting? And they just can't afford, I think, to just leave points at the free-throw line. They're a decent free-throw shooting team, but there have been a couple games this year particularly the Baylor game at home, where they kind of let the team come back because they couldn't uh, handle their business at the free throw line. Steven Johnson of the Four Worst Star Telegram, currently in the sports zone. I promise I'll get back to some more TCU and ASU here in a couple of minutes. But first up, I want to pick your brain about some of these other Big 12 teams. First up, you mentioned Texas a couple of moments ago. Why is Texas seemingly saved its best for last in uh, unless I missed it, why is Rodney Terry still these, just the interim coach here? Well, Texas, I, th- I think all year I thought they were the best team in the Big 12. I thought TCU at its peak might be the best, but I would probably, if, both, if, if everything was playing their best, I think it would be Texas 1, TCU 2, Kansas 3. The thing with Texas is they're so deep, and they're kind of getting a lot more production from the big man Dylan DeSue. He was a guy that kind of has killed TCU all three games. I know he bought out against Kansas with a Big 12 tournament MVP. But they already had this great backcourt with Marcus Carr, Jabari Wright, Tyree Hunter, And now they're getting a lot more production from their big man. So I, I just think they're a team that they can beat you in so many different ways on offense and defense. That's for Rodney Terry, man. I think it's Texas, man. So, you know, they I think there's, they feel like they have this obligation to go big game hunting. I'm not sure who they would necessarily get at this point. But I think right now, Rodney Terry takes his team to Elite Eight. I know he probably wouldn't have been a candidate under normal circumstances. He wasn't great at UTEP and Fresno State. He wasn't terrible either. But I just think at some point, man, if you play someone on a run and they get to the front four, Elite Eight, I just find it hard. I don't see how Texas is going to be able to really sell to the fan base and really to the country that, hey, we found a better candidate for this job. I'm just not sure who is out there they could get right now that would satisfy their need for a big name while at the same time not kind of being a disservice to what Rodney Terry did this year. 
And, of course, the Final Four is in Texas, in Houston, so it's hard to imagine that there's added pressure for a Texas head coach in maybe any sport, but might there be because the Final Four is in Texas? Oh, I think – I wouldn't say necessarily that for the Big 12, but if you want to think about a future Big 12 school in Houston, uh, Kelvin Sampson, I guess that there's pressure to get there will be for them because of the Final Four in their hometown. They've gotten close a couple years ago. The only unfortunate thing for them is you got to hope that the injuries to Marcus Sasser and then Jamel Sheed, I think right. last night, aren't serious and don't potentially derail a dream season for them. So I don't think most of the Big 12 coaches feel pressure. If anything, a lot of those guys are just happy They've made it out of the gauntlet. They don't have to play any more Big 12 teams, at least for the first few rounds. Along those lines, you mentioned the gauntlet of the Big 12. You know, is there any concern amongst the, you think the conference or the conference coaches? Do you think that uh, the gauntlet and the you know all the grind of the Big 12 it might have a negative effect once we get to the NCAA tournament? Uh, no, I think most coaches that I've talked to feel like it's going to be a strength. It's going to be an advantage. TCU, I think, kind of got worn down during the Big 12. Well, they had so many injuries, man. I think they had the fourth most starting lineups in the country this year because they just had so many guys in and out of the lineup. Mike Miles, Damian Ball, Lampkin, uh, Emmanuel Miller missed some time this year. Mm-hmm. And now TCU is at a point where they're the healthiest they've been since early January when they got that 16-4 start before Mike got hurt. So I think most coaches are kind of seen as an advantage going through a league where there were no easy games. Oklahoma was the worst team in the league, but even they beat TCU at home, blew out Alabama at home. So now I think, like I said, the coaches are kind of relieved to be out of that grind and kind of play some other teams that won't be won't grind them down so much because a lot of those Big 12 games were wars, man. Okay, so you mentioned Kansas. You know, no big self, at least for today and maybe the next uh, – for the weekend. Uh, hopefully uh, he'll be back. Hopefully they advance and he's back. How does – not to state the obvious here, ask the obvious, but how does his absence change things for KU? So far, I wouldn't say I've noticed much of a difference. Kansas has been the strange team, man. I think they have the highest score out of all the teams in the Big 12. Just that kind of that institutional knowledge of winning, I think that has really kept them in a lot of games. But at the same time, they've been blown out a couple of times. TCU smoked them in Lawrence. Texas smoked them in the Big 12 championship game. And it's not like your typical Kansas teams where they have the bruising big man and all this talent. They're kind of a two-man team with a bunch of role players. You know, they had two really good players. Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick are probably going to be first-round picks. But outside of that, there's some limitations with the roster. So I think Bill not possibly being there for the Arkansas game. I think that's going to be a very dangerous game for Kansas. I could definitely see Arkansas coming away with the win. I'm interested to see what the line is. Because if you're the Razorbacks, you might go into that game thinking you have more talent the Jayhawks, and if Bill Self isn't coaching, I think Kansas could be on upset alert uh, tomorrow. Baylor has stumbled to the finish line. Why have they stumbled stumbled to the finish line? Do you think their defense, man? They can, you know, they kind of live and die by the three, but their defense has not been up to probably the Baylor standard this year. Uh, I forgot where exactly they rank, but I want to say they're outside the top 100 in defensive efficiency. And they're a smaller team as well, too. You know, they rely a lot on their guards. They're all 6'2", 6'1", 6'4". So when those guys are knocking down three-pointers, Baylor is hard to beat. But when they're not falling, they're not the biggest team. They don't defend great. So, you know, when that happens, man, you know, you become a very beatable team. So I think that's why Baylor's kind of been the one of the more popular teams on upset alert. I don't know if they'll fall today, but I don't expect Baylor to go far just because, like I said, they're a smaller team that struggles to defend. 
Talking with Steven Johnson of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Kansas State, I want to make sure I ask you about them. Jerome Tang uh, has obviously done a terrific job, and they're tremendously improved. What are you looking forward to today from K-State and uh, moving on with them? I think K-State's a role today. Um, this thing, Montana State seems like one of those matchups where their athleticism. Marquise Noel uh, was the first team my Big 12 guard at 5'8", 5'9". He'll probably be, I think he'll be one of the more entertaining players. Um in a tournament as well, too, and Keontae Johnson might be the best story. We know what happened to him a couple of years ago when he collapsed at Florida. Now, two years later, he's first team all Big 12. But everything with their defense and their athleticism, I think they're going to jump on Montana State early and kind of roll in that one. I kind of have questions about how far they can go as well, too. They weren't the same team away from Manhattan as they were when they played home. So I'm curious to see how they do on a neutral site. If I remember right, they'll play the winner of Kentucky and Providence. Um, I think that game is going to be win or whoever it is. TCUB, Providence, Kentucky has shown some weaknesses. So Kansas State, I think, has the ability to make it to the Sweet 16. But to me, that might be their ceiling depending on their matchups, though, in my opinion. All right, back to TCU and ASU. Uh, who wins tonight? I like TCU to win. I think it will be a fairly close game. Uh, a lot of the numbers, when you look at them, they're, they're very similar, the rebounding numbers. I think TCU is a little bit better offensively. They both kind of struggle to shoot from the three-point line. So I think the team that has a better night from the three-point line will probably come out on top. I just like how TCU has been playing. I think they've been kind of itching to get back on the floor because they really felt like they gave that game away to Texas. They had to stretch in that final four or five minutes where it was 60-56. to 56, and they just could not get over the hill, man. So I think they're going to come out engaged. I think Mike Miles is going to kind of put on, have a pretty good game. So I have TCU winning 75-7. ASU playing Wednesday night in Dayton and then traveling to Denver to play this game tonight against TCU. Do you think that plays a role tonight? It can. I think, you know, it probably depends on the coach you ask. You know, some will say, hey, you know, we won that game earlier this week. We're coming in with momentum. Other people will tell you that, hey, TCU's, TCU's a lot more well-rested. Didn't have to do all that traveling. So it'll be interesting, man. But I think if, if this is one of those games where we see TC run off a 30 fast break point with the altitude and the rest, I think it can be a factor. Uh, Jamie Dixon said he wouldn't, you know, he wasn't going to go into the uh, locker room and say, hey, these guys just got off the plane a couple hours ago, so we're going to push <laughs> it. No, TC was going to do what they do. And I think if Arizona State doesn't have the conditioning or they haven't been able to get their, uh, get their rest, then yeah, it could be a situation where. That catches up to them and TCU kind of able is able to make this a even wider margin than I think. Okay, last up, does TCU cover the five and a half? Man, college spreads. I hate college spreads, man. Kids, <laughs> these are the young kids we're dealing with, man. You know, a team could be up eight and they just give up a silly wide open three. I'll take TCU to you know what. I'm gonna take Arizona State to cover just in case there's a late free throw. Uh, bone-headed turnover when TCU's trying to run out the clock. I'll take Arizona State to cover, just to be safe. Steven, excellent stuff. We really appreciate it. Have fun. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you all. Steven Johnson of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. That was tremendous info, not just TCU, but around the Big 12 with Steven. So good stuff there. Thanks to him. Next segment, phone call time if you want to jump aboard. General discussion, whether it's a tournament or other things 602-260-1060 whether it's asu and tcu tonight the u of a meltdown yesterday those are the poll questions and uh, we'll repeat those when we come back 
and then we'll uh, I'll get into the U of A meltdown in a little more detail in the next segment. Time pending, we might get to some sun stuff. We got two more segments to go in the sports zone, and one of those segments will be the spring training report, which means the daily Porta Subs giveaway. So stay tuned for that. All that's still to come in the final hour of today's one-hour extravaganza. Don't forget, when when I'm done with this, it's uh, Kayla hosting the Extra Point from 10 to noon, and uh, she lets me hang around, and we're going to go through the games from yesterday and look ahead to some of the games today and beyond. All that's still to come today in the next uh, couple hours or so, two and a half hours or so, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2107. KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time, the KDUS hotline at 602 260 1060. General discussion, if you want to jump aboard, we'll get to some local roundup and have phone call time shortly. First up, I want to make sure I get into the poll questions for today if you're just tuning in. The KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Piggybacking off of our conversation with Steven in the last segment, who you got today? Who do you have today? ATS in Denver, ASU plus 5.5 or TCU minus 5.5? There were some sixes and six and a halfs out there yesterday, but they seem to have all vanished in the last uh, you know, few hours here overnight or early morning uh, from the time I looked last night to the time that I looked this morning. Uh, so some cash on ASU from somebody uh, that makes a difference in moving the number, whether that's actually it's the NCAA tournament. So sometimes it's more public money than the so-called sharp dudes. Uh, in Vegas, but uh, there has been money, uh, at least there's been a line change uh, in favor of ASU in the last 24 hours or so. Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, today's Twitter poll question, who deserves most of the blame for the U of A's pathetic performance against Princeton? The players are Tommy Lloyd. So those are today's two poll questions. Along those lines, the University of Arizona became the first program ever to lose twice to 15 seeds in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Back in the 90s, it was Steve Nash and Santa Clara. Last night, or yesterday afternoon, the U of A 14.5-point favorites outscored 9-0 to end the game in the uh, Thursday 59-55 loss to Princeton. The Wildcats were blitzed at the end of the first half. They got outscored 8-0 to end that half to lead just 31-30. Then they seemed to regain control during the uh, first 12 minutes of the second half. The U of A led this game yesterday 49-37. to However, awful shot selection and bad defense off the dribble, two things that we have talked about during the regular season, that pretty much that combination got the U of A eliminated yesterday afternoon. The U of A unable to take advantage of its mass's size advantage Princeton out-rebounded the U of A, 38-37. Princeton had a 9-7 edge on the offensive boards, and that led to an 11-2 edge in second-chance points. Azulis Tabellis and Omar Ballo, they combined to score 30 points, but they had 30 field goal attempts, 15 out of 30. Their teammates had just 25 points. Everybody other than Tabellis and Ballo. 25 points on 9 of 27 field goal attempts. Pella Larson and Cedric Henderson 
arguably the third and fourth best players for the U of A. They finished with a total of four points. They were a combined two out of seven on field goal attempts. As a team, the U of A made just uh, six out, you know, that's wrong. Four out of 16, four out of 17, I'll get this right. Four out of 17 shots from behind the arc, that's 16%. Not surprisingly, the vastly overrated Kerr Creasa was awful at both ends of the floor. Princeton wisely attacked Creasa's uh, inability to keep opponent guards out of the paint, and that was a constant issue in this game. Whoever he was allegedly trying to guard, that guy just pretty much went to the paint and created for himself or for others. Creasa was awful. He had three points. He was one for seven. He had two assists and four turnovers in the game yesterday. I said the exact same thing last year when the U of A was eliminated by Houston. The U of A would be a far better team if Creasa were a bench rotation player and playing you know, less minutes and playing more like a you know, not starters minutes. We'll see if uh, something happens this offseason. Boswell, the 17-year-old freshman who played last year at uh, Phoenix Area High School, he's a better player uh, right now than Creasa is and should have played more minutes this year than Creasa. And I'm not saying this after the fact. This is something I've been talking about for Creasa for two years and Boswell for at least the last half of this season. The bottom line, the UVA's 55 points, the lowest offensive total of the season for Tommy Lloyd's team. All right, on to the phone lines we go. And uh, I forgot where I'm going. Uh, where am I going, Kayla? Alan Phoenix. Hi, Al. <laughs> hey, Bob. Well, you know, listening to the show and uh watched the things you told us to look out for. I was expecting an early exit for Arizona this year, but not that early. <laughs> I, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, th- I didn't think they you know, I thought they got a nice draw, and I, I had them going out yep. of the first weekend. And, you know, I said for, you know, what, six weeks probably that I would be looking to go against them in the first or second round, and then I didn't do it. So kind of kicking myself <laughs> for that, but I'm not surprised that they're done and – I'm, a little, I'm, I'm not that surprised. I watched Princeton play the other day in the Ivy League championship game, and I did notice a couple of things. One, the fact that they have guards that can take guys off the dribble, and uh, yeah, Creasa can't guard you, I, or the, a dead man off the dribble. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think it's, you know, I, I think it's a lot. The, it's a problem. It's, it's, the players are not good, but the coach has to be the one who puts the best, you know, puts the team in. In, in position to win, and have and like you, you kind of said, we talked about this before. Creasa, it would ideally he would be on the bench, but you thought maybe that te- you know if, the, if Tommy Lloyd started that now he might lose the team. Yes, yeah, that's unfortunate. But he, he, they've got to change for next year. They can't just can't go on like this. I mean, it's uh, sure. Well, need, I'm sure. Yeah. I assume they're going to get some more transfers, and I'm not familiar with the recruiting class, but. They've got a. He can't be a starting point guard for a third consecutive year at the U of A. He just can't be. He needs to be playing like five, six minutes off the bench each half, and that's it. Uh, yeah, that was just. And you know, the other game that I kind of was. I, I wish I would have picked it. I, I kind of looked at Furman, and I said, I think you know, I was. I'm not, I wasn't totally surprised that Virginia went out either. Well, I was on Furman, so that worked out well for me yesterday. I was only on three games yesterday and luckily won two. And I'm only really interested in one game today, and that's uh, Virginia Commonwealth against St. Mary's, getting the points. 
Uh, but uh, I liked Furman's team. I thought they could score some points. Even against Virginia, they scored enough points. What I didn't count on was Virginia just being stupid in the last, really, whole last minute of the game. It wasn't just the last play and a key A. Clark pass and uh, so forth that set up the game-winning three. Uh, Virginia's basketball IQ, which is seldom a reason, there's seldom been a reason to question that, or you know, anywhere that you know Bennett has been the head coach, yeah, whether it's smart, right, whether it's Washington State or Virginia, but they played some really stupid basketball in the last minute of that game yesterday to lose. Now, what are you thinking about uh, the ASU game? Um, probably, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bet on it, but yeah, you know, I think that TCU has some certainly advantages and the fact that ASU had to play on Wednesday night and the fact that they had to travel across the country and there is an altitude thing and TCU has been there since I believe it's Tuesday afternoon or early Wednesday. Uh, so I think that's, the having lived in the high country in Arizona, uh, for, you know, it, and, and, you know, going to Flagstaff for Cardinals training camps, it takes a couple of days. Uh, before uh, at least a couple of days before you adjust to the altitude, do you, you still think TCU can make a can make a run of sorts? I don't like their draw particularly, yeah. but uh, yeah, I think that uh, I've got them going at least the Sweet Sixteen. I'm not. I don't really fill out much of a bracket or anything, but I'm in a head-to-head draft with a friend of mine where we draft every team, and I wanted to make sure I got TCU because I think they have the upside. I think they're good enough to win a couple of games. And then I think that if they get hot and, uh, you know, Miles is playing well, uh, they could win a couple more games. All right, Bob. Okay. Well, thank you okay. so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, right now time for our spring training report brought to you by Porta Subs. So right now, caller number two, whole bunch of twos coming here. Caller number two, 602-260-1060. Caller number two, you are today's winner of Lunch for Two at Porta Subs. Once again, caller number two, 602-260-1060. On to today's spring training report. First up, in case you missed it on Thursday's show, Mets closer Edward Diaz has a torn patella tendon. Uh, he is expected to miss the entire regular season. In fact, uh, he's uh, already had surgery, uh, and uh, he's expected to begin a formal rehab program in about a week. Meanwhile, from ESPN's Buster only, I think this is probably kind of lost, at least to me, between the tournament, the NFL stuff going on, and uh, also, uh, you know, who knows what else. Uh, but I didn't know this till this morning when I read this uh, on ESPN.com. MLB has informed teams and players, and they did this Thursday afternoon, that it, uh, it, it tends to tr- uh, you know, crack down on the pitcher's use of illegal substances. Uh, that will be enhanced in 2023. I think they kind of let up on that a little bit last year. You know, they had the sticky substance thing a couple of years ago, and that was a big difference to some pitchers. But that might happen again this season. And from the WBC, uh, Shohei Otani and Japan uh, defeated Italy 9-3 to Thursday night. That uh, puts uh, them into the uh, their fifth consecutive World Baseball Classic semifinal. Otani was actually clocked in one of his pitches at 92 miles per hour, 102 miles per hour, excuse me, 102. And uh, yeah, that, he hasn't thrown a pitch for the Angels at 102 before. All right, that's today's spring training report brought to you by Porta Subs. Download the KDUS 1060 app and uh, register to qualify the grand prize winner of uh, for, for, actually for Porta Subs for a year and spring training tickets for the March 24th Diamondbacks-Reds game. One entry per day on that. 
uh, Porta Subs is uh, slicing up the uh, quality that you crave. You can check out the premium meats and the tremendous fresh baked bread and the, the fe- fresh veggie toppings and the savory sauces. Get the taste that you crave at your neighborhood Port of Subs. Go to portasubs.com to order online and check out your latest, uh, closest, excuse me, Valley location. All right, coming up next, we'll have an update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's Sports Zone with the National Roundup. And uh, we'll have some latest line action. Uh, we'll try to get to a little from the NBA tonight, some games involving Western Conference teams that are you know, supposedly in a race with the Suns. And uh, we'll have time pending, get to some college basketball lines for uh, today or uh, moving ahead to uh, Saturday's games. And uh, those lines posted in the last uh, few hours here after we know who's playing on Saturday. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD2 100.7. Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kemp's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's National Roundup. We're back, final segment of today's Sports Show with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060, Lux HD2 100.7. Uh, some college basketball underway as we speak. And Michigan State, which went off as a one-and-a-half, two-point favorite against USC, leads Michigan State 28-27. Uh, Michigan State has quit scoring in this game. They kind of scored at will early, but they have definitely just hit a you know, bad spot here. And then Sean Miller's Xavier team has a 20-13 lead over Kennesaw State. And uh, Xavier went off as a 12-and-a-half, 13-point favorite in this particular game. Also, uh, later today, of course, uh, we have Grand Canyon playing against, uh, against Gonzaga. And Gonzaga, 15.5-point favorite in that game, total sitting at 156. And as we previewed earlier in the hour, ASU against TCU. And TCU, a 5.5-point favorite. You know, there were some six six and a halfs yesterday uh, around the world, but uh, those seem to have all gone back down to five and a half. In fact, I even see now a five in uh, the state of Nevada. Uh, so uh, some money on ASU in the last 24 hours. Total in that game, 142. That should be a very fun up-and-down game. I believe that's the last game of the day, at least uh, scheduled to be the last game of the day. So that uh, should be fun. All right, uh, a couple of games for tomorrow. UCLA uh, against Northwestern. Both very impressive winners yesterday. UCLA not challenged. Northwestern sort of challenged. And UCLA an eight-point favorite uh, tomorrow night. And uh, they're, uh, the total net game's at 127. They have two really good defensive teams. Northwestern, like UCLA, really good on defense. And they don't foul very often, which is kind of an added bonus. What a wonderful thing. All right, some NBA tonight involving Western Conference uh, playoff contenders. The Warriors' uh, road trip continues at Atlanta tonight, and the Warriors a three-point underdog. Total in that game is a 247.5. <laughs> 
that tells you that neither team guards anybody. And Draymond Green suspended for this game because he went over the technical foul limit for the season. Also, Minnesota, an underdog tonight at Chicago. Chicago, a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Timberwolves tonight. And also Dallas against the Lakers tonight. Uh, this is actually good for the Suns because one of these teams is going to lose. Uh, and uh, those teams are you know, sort of quarter, kind of you know, contending for whatever. Uh, but uh, again, Dallas is still shorthanded. At least Kyrie's out. I'm not sure whether Luka's going to play. And we don't know if Anthony Davis is going to play for the Lakers unless I missed something this morning. Uh, but they've been pretty vague about his status of late. Uh, so at least the last I saw, which was like within the last half hour or so, the Lakers five and a half point favorites tonight at home against Dallas, sitting at uh, total in that game, sitting at two twenty six. All right, stay tuned. The next two hours, it is the extra point hosted by Kayla. We'll have plenty more uh, regarding the NCAA tournament. We'll have uh, you know, scoring updates and hopefully some witty analysis, depending on how much I can watch of these games. Well. We're uh, you know, trying to do a quality radio block of programming. Uh, see how we can see if we can pull this off. At least spe- specifically me, whether I can pull it off. Uh, so we'll get to that, and we'll definitely uh, go through the games from yesterday. Some interesting games yesterday in day one of the NCAA tournament. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thank you very much for listening.